How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, I'm sitting across from one of my best buds, best pals in Statesboro, Georgia, Mr. Paul Newman. Welcome to the show. Excited to be here. Uh, this is what the second or third time that we've got to do this. I think this is number two. Uh, you were on, you know, when I first started out this podcast. You were one of the first uh, people that I went went out to. Uh, but really happy to have you back on the show. Um, for those that don't know, if you've been living under under a rock in Statesboro, Georgia, Paul Newman is a uh, real estate broker inside of Statesboro. Uh, he has uh, Statesboro Real Estate as well as PMG. And he is an absolute monster in this industry. Appreciate he is definitely uh, uh, at the top of his game. And uh, a lot of people have a lot of interest in seeing what Paul Newman, the way that the Paul Newman brain thinks. And I think that that's one of the things that we're going to be able to tackle today. I'm excited. I'm excited to share. And uh, something I can talk about with you for hours and hours, just you and I already do it. So this is kind of fun to just be on recorded and let's go. Absolutely. So, uh, Paul, you know, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is kind of like your mind when it comes to this topic of investment. Now, I know that, you know, you have done phenomenal in this real estate game and you've been doing mm -hmm. that for a long time. So I, let's let's kind of like take it back to the their early days, right? Like what kind of like interest you interested you about investing and what kind of like got you into what you're doing today? I guess, you know, when you look back at your life and you, you know, I, I remember being in high school and I was always curious and asking what people, you know, how people made money. I'd always ask, you know, how does your business work? And so you, you started to, I started to see a lot of wealthy people, big houses. I grew up in South Atlanta and there was a subdivision that was gated and nice. It was called Eagles Landing. Yep. And I was like, man, what do these guys do? And, you know, the common, the common denominator ended up being real estate, not necessarily an agent but owning and holding real estate and just investing in real estate. So um, I think that was a little bit of a seed. And then, you know, to get into the field as an agent, you begin to see how it worked and how it played out. Mm -hmm. and, and those were, um, you know, I remember back in, uh, it was my very first piece of property I ever bought. Uh, I was an agent, probably my second year in the business, and it was a duplex in um, Countryside. And... Uh, and it was, you know, fully rent, already fully rented. And I said, you know, I got to get this as a great location. Look, at, you know, you go back to Real Estate 101. That's one of my first principles has got to be location, location, because yep. it's just something to fall back on. Will somebody want to live there in the future? Regardless of what happens, does that location, can it hold? Yep. And, you know, and locations can change. Yep. Um, but one of the funny things is, you know, this was before the bubble, which happened in 07, 08, somewhere in there. I was given 100%. I mean, I barely made $30,000 a year. And I, for whatever reason, I was given a $200,000 loan with, uh -huh. you know, hardly any money down. Now, those days are kind of long gone. Yeah. But um, that was my start. But one of the funniest things was the interest rates were high as they're starting to, they're starting to rise now in this current climate that we're in. Uh, I want to say that one of the rates was like eight or nine, like 9%. It's crazy. So I remember looking at my statement. And at the time, I just wanted to acquire the assets. So, you know, you're talking about 30-year terms, which a lot of people still do, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But I remember looking at the interest going, oh, my God, I paid $800 a month in interest and only $100 a month in my principal. Yeah. And I was like, my God, I'll, I'll never get out of the interest rate 
you know, the rat race of that. And mm-hmm. 30 years is so long. So I, I started with one way of investing and have kind of moved to a model of very aggressive payoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 years is my sweet spot, but yep. I've also done a lot of good 10 and done loans to where I know the end is near at some point. And yep. so I would say one of the things that I look for in an investment would be can the can the pay, can the person covering in rent what that payment looks like? I don't a lot of people, how much is your cash flow? You know, how much yes, that's important, right? You have to analyze a deal. But to me is if times get terrible and there's always ups and downs, sure. can that tenant cover that payment? So that if I can get my hands on a 10 to 15 year payout and the tenant can, I feel like no matter what happens, can the tenant cover that? That yeah. is my driving factor. Yeah. So, you know, in all of this, there's a ton of like information there that, you know, somebody that's yes. newer to investing that they, they need uh, some catching up. So slow it down. Catching so, right. Okay. So let's, let's kind of like take it through the, the, through the timeline. So initially kind of you, you knew that you wanted this piece of property. You were like, Hey, I, I want to make this happen. Duplex, I, I know this is like, you location. know, and, and, and how come? So in, in, in terms of all these different ways to invest, right? You have potentially stock market, you have kind of like, yes. you know, real estate. What right. what kind of like pulled you towards kind of like, oh, real estate is the move? I think it, I just think because it was in the arena that I had started to get passionate about, mm. I started to kind of fall in love with it and I felt like I could control it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, with me having a property management company, I can control the fees a little bit more as a, you know, lower fees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I was doing when I first started, uh, I was telling you the story earlier, was literally I would borrow a local guy, Luke Purvis. I would borrow a lawnmower, riding lawnmower from his house in Whispering Pines, cross over the bypass, uh-huh. and cut the grass myself. You know, that was a way to save 100 bucks a month when, the, when the payments were tight. And, of course, now I could never imagine. Uh, yeah. I got my landscaper buddies out there getting after it, which, yeah. you know, employing people and putting people to work is, is awesome. Yeah. But I think that that it's interesting that 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 happened, right? You were willing to do whatever it took to make that property work. And I think that a lot of times, you know, you see people at the end of their kind of like, you know, what the, what they've done. Right. And it's like, I, I don't even know how to get there. Right. right. Like, I don't know how I'm going to afford like the different crews or whatever. Right. But the people that are willing to put in the effort to say, hey, no. I'm, I'm going to borrow... <laughs> Absolutely. It's hilarious that you were driving this lawnmower. Yeah, put our, like, looking both ways. All right, I can make it, you know, over, you know, but, you know, it's the sweat equity, right? Yeah. Like it's, I was a baby then. I was yeah. 23 years old, Love but it. I had to get in and wanted to start the game. And here I am 39 and, and funny, uh, you know, I'm, you know, in two more years, that property, because I did, I refinanced that terrible yeah. interest rate that I had. Mm-hmm. Two more years is done, you yeah. know, done and paid off. And yeah. that, you know, is the goal for me is to is to eventually put fast forward on these aggressive terms and have have a payoff one day of the mailbox money, so they say. That's right. That's right. So, you know, we, we kind of like covered why the direction was uh, real estate. I think the next question is, you know, uh, in terms of interest rate, like, you know, what are what should someone be looking for? I guess the climate changes as, you know, interest as rates climb, on. As, right. they, as they mm-hmm. go on. Uh, in terms of this day in 2022, right? What do you think people should be looking for in terms of an interest rate? And are there certain things that a first time buyer can take advantage of if they are looking to purchase property? Perfect question. So um, let's go with a couple of things. Let's go with the first time buyer. Okay. 
you know, for a young investor and you haven't bought your first house, you know, maybe instead of your first house with your, your wife or your significant other, um, maybe it's not that big house that maybe seems kind of like, ah, is this more than we can afford or are we going for our forever home? Why don't you sacrifice? You know, mm. why don't you why don't you get in something? You go, you know what? Let's 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 move into it. Let's buy it because you get that fixed rate. Yep. Right. Uh, and it's not your dream home. Yep. I mean, you know, these first houses that that I have bought over the years, Lori and I, you know, would move into them and buy them on a fixed rate, you know, and get these 15 year notes and would move on. And that would become a rental property for us mm. to build to build wealth for our family. And, um, you know, one of the this is off subject. One of the greatest passions for me is to be able to eventually pass down to my children yep. some of the real estate that I have acquired and and will be able to pass down one day to them, which yep. is I just think it's a great gift to be able to pass it down. And so you deployed this uh, for the first um, home that you bought. Correct. You, you, you moved in there. That's right. And then so how did you at what point was it, I guess at some point you were like, okay, well, it's time to move to another place, right? That's right. And so that did you then... So at the time I was moved, so I had funny, my my father bought an investment property for me when I was in school and my roommates helped me, a little house hacking. My roommates were covering the rent. My rent was 150, theirs was 300, but sure. my dad owned the house. And sure. so that covered the, the mortgage at the time. And so I bought the second one, um, from him, my second property from him. Yeah. And that became, and then, but you know, a good fixed rate. And that's become, ended up becoming my focus was these, you know, as good as terms as I could get, fix it for 15 years to know that I had the fixed payment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that if you can focus on the, yes, rates are important, right? So rates are rising right now. Yeah. So, so somebody's listening right now, they're like, man, this, and so then you go back and go, look, regardless of the interest rate, because I have bought properties at 5%, at 6%. They're not fun, you know, yeah. but do you still acquire the asset and let time do its thing? Sure. No, nobody wants to get rich um, slow. Everybody sure. wants to get rich fast. Yeah. And real estate is not a get rich quick game. It is a, it's a turtle game. Yeah. Definitely takes the time. T- definitely takes the, you know, effort. So, you know, in, in this journey that you've taken, mm-hmm. um, you know, as these properties are coming across your desk, uh, how do you determine if it's a good investment or not? I, I think you just go back to the, the principles of, you know, when you analyze a deal, when the investor is analyzing the deal, they they look at, okay, you know, obviously the purchase price, what am I paying? Um, what, you know, what it, I go back to that payment, you know, location mm-hmm. and what is your payment? And if to me, you've got a couple hundred dollars extra, even if it's a break even. Yep. It, now, this is one of the things I like, you know, some people love cash. So there's a lot of people tell you I'm wrong. Mm. Uh, 15 years or your 10 year fixed and done. That's not a good strategy because in theory, if you do a 30 year or a 20 year, you have more cash flow gotcha. and you could reinvest that cash flow elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I, you know, do do very well at my career and my job. So I, I don't really need the cash flow now. I prefer the cash flow later. Sure. So if your cash flow is a little tighter, you have less discretionary, maybe you do um, longer term rates for you to have more money coming in and, and able to reinvest. Mm-hmm. So that's that, huge. just different strategies, you know, and that, that's not to say that the mine is right. I just want to get to the finish line quicker. Yeah. Well, in here, I think that's really important because this actually reveals some of kind of like the approach that you take. Right. Right. So instead of getting like large amounts of cash flow with the 30 year note, 
right? right. You're basically doing shorter amounts of time, which right. you're not getting any any uh, money off the property right, right now. Not trying to eat out of it. Yes, you know, not exactly. trying to eat out of it. Just exactly. letting time do its thing. And and this is because honestly, the investment, these investments that you're making are almost like those are being done with money that is not critical for you to survive. So you Absolutely. honestly, you have another uh, source of income. Source of income. That's right. right. That's Stream right. of revenue, I think they yes. call it. And yeah. you, you know, for all the hustlers out there and the side hustlers, if you if you feel like your money is already good, whether it doesn't matter what profession you're in, mm-hmm. if you're able to save comfortably mm-hmm. and you know you're you're saving comfortably, then why not be aggressive with yep. it? Especially when the rates are great, you know, when yep. the climate is what it is. Yep. So the climate right now is on the climb. Mm, quickly I mean, changing. you know, quickly Very changing. Quickly. Yes. 2022, I think they said maybe five or six times that they're going to raise those getting interest rates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is what does that look like for you know somebody that has interest in you know this real estate game? Because I think real estate is something that a lot of people find a, a ton of fascination with. They they really love it. They love hearing about it. I they love like, to watch it? HTV. Yeah. I mean, you, it's funny to me is somebody buys a brand new house and they got it and it's perfect and they still will go back and watch the watch these shows on TV because yep. they're fascinated by yep. it. It's oh well, what can I do? Oh look at that! Look what they did! Yep. You know? Yeah. So that's why these shows and why the real estate will always be a hot topic because also people have built great wealth. It's one of America's number one savings for their for their future. Yep. So what should an investor do in this type of climate? What is like maybe some advice that you would give them? You know, you hear the saying, um, don't wait to invest in real estate. Go ahead and invest in real estate and wait. Mm-hmm. You know, so that... Um, and, and it's easy to say that, but you you still have to analyze the deal. You still have to put your time in and your due diligence to, to, to make sure it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. I mean... Everybody calls me, right? Paul, find me a deal. Find me a deal. There's not a lot of deals out there right now. It is extremely hard. And the crazy thing is a lot of times my customers are so on it. They look on these real estate websites like it's their job. Yeah. And I say, look, if you're a serious investor every day, treat it like that. Yeah. Treat it like, I mean, so I have people that'll send me a text, boom, and they'll they'll say, hey, what do you think? And so, boom, instantly I'm going to give them the feedback uh-huh. and get, hey, this is what it'll rent for. And this is where my expertise comes in with the, with the rental company and having the property management background is I can instantly analyze, hey, you go find out what your payments will be, sure. and I'll tell you exactly what I think it'll rent for. I got you. I got and, you. And the rentals have been so strong. Like, I mean, we manage with PMG, we manage 900 rental properties. Wow. And we've grown, been a tremendous success story. Uh, Stephanie Anderson and I uh, mm-hmm. co-own the company together, and it's just been great environment to work with, and and just um, it's fun. We just love what we do. It's yeah. just it's really good, and, and you're helping people manage their most prized asset. Yeah. Take me take me through the story of PNG. I, I actually really like this one where, you know, when you started off, you did not start off with 900 pieces of property. No, I started off, I, I was at Coldwell Banker, uh, which I worked for for a decade, and they had just kind of started a, a company. Um, and it was really small. It was called East Georgia Premier Management Group. Really long name. Mm. Um, and, you know, I so I start working in it and, and um, I'm doing a couple of things. You know, I'm you know, they're, hey, you can go stay here at, you know, a vacation spot or you give you $100 for what you did this week. And just, you know, nice things that yeah. you're like, okay. And then, but then I, I was on my honeymoon with Lori uh, and mm-hmm. I remember telling her, man, I, I want to start getting asking for more money because I'm doing a bunch of work and I feel like I'm not being paid. Uh-huh. You know? 
So I, I remember, I, I don't know, I, I remember asking for like $1,500 or $2,000 uh, for a salary for a month. Yeah. And I thought maybe God was going to get shot, shot down. You know, yeah. I, we're not going to do that. But they said, yes. I came up to Lori. I said, oh, my goodness. They, they said, yes. <laughs> so then I started to work it. And uh, Stephanie and I, we both started right at the same time, starting to work it and kind of seeing. And we got the opportunity. A couple partners wanted to sell out. And we got the opportunity to buy in. And it was just a really amazing opportunity because there were so many ideas. I thought to myself, wow, you know, they didn't really have a website going. There was all these little things that I was like, we can do better, which yep. is one of the best parts of owning your own business. I mean, yep. you're a serial entrepreneur. And I think one of the things that we would both say that is the best is we can always improve. That's right. right. Lo love the improvement process. And yep. so, you know, we, we have went from, you know, golly, 100 to 300 to 500 to where people, you know, we're the experts in town and people come to us and, and hey, Paul, we, we buy this investment property with you. Can you manage it for us? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a perfect goes common hand in hand, hand, in hand. hand in and hand. it's been great for business yeah. to, to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, going back to investments, you know, yeah. uh, a lot of times there's uh, this, and you mentioned it, right, uh, a little bit earlier where there's this challenge of, you know, do I take the plunge, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are scared. Exactly. Man. So, so let, let's kind of like dive into that. Like what, what is that fear and how do you, you know, as someone that's done it so many times, you've, you've already been able to very easily yeah. rationalize and, right. and understand, but someone that maybe is new to it, like, how do you get over that yeah. fear? It's a great, that's a great question. Cause like, I think everybody in their mind, you know, a lot of people are like, I never want to own real estate. You know, I just, I don't want to own real estate. It's not for me. And a lot of people may think that they do, but they get nervous or they don't want to take that next step when they yeah. want to time the market, right? Yeah. It's high. It is absolutely high right now. There's no yeah. denying that. But, you know, is stuff going to cost less to build in the future? Is stuff going to cost less to develop? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think that you're going to see the tremendous fall that we did have in 08, 09. Now, mm -hmm. we may look at this podcast and say, yeah, Paul was wrong. <laughs> but, but I don't see the fall. I, I think there's a lot of investors with cash that mm -hmm. can, can swap them up. But let's get back to to making you get over the edge. Sure. And that's what I'm passionate about. That's why I'm here. I want to motivate people. I yeah. want, you know, to lead people to what I believe is a fine, um, good financial decision. Yeah. Um, and I think that if, first and foremost, you have to have savings, right? You have to figure out a way to force savings. You know, what are your habits? You and I talk about a lot about this. The What's your daily habits? What's eating away at your pocket? Yeah. You know I mean? Golly, uh, are you going to the gas station spending twelve dollars every time you go in? I mean, mm. I was frugal to a fault. Oh, Ooh, let me get nah, some. I mean, let me frugal get to. I mean, <laughs> the things that I would do to save money. Oh my God! I mean, to be like Paul is just a cheap ass, <laughs> you know? Uh -huh. And uh, what would you do? Give me some examples. Oh my God! There's the endless amounts. Yeah. I could give you fifteen <laughs> examples. Um, you know, I would always get water. Yeah. I mean, at every restaurant. Yeah. Well, I like to be healthy and sure, work out, sure, and that's sure. always been a passion of mine. But that. You know, instead yeah. of getting a Coke every time you go out, my God, that's an easy saving and you're being healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was, you remember, uh, you, uh, you, let's see, I, you won't ever tell me your age, but yeah. uh, I, for the for the audience, I think he's in his. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something 30, like, that's going to be edited out. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think that, um, so when cell phones first came around, I was probably 16 years, uh -huh. you know, 16, 15, 16 years old. And I remember the first incoming call was free, right? So like, or uh, for first minute was free. Okay. So I would like, you know, I'd watch the clock, 50 seconds. Hey, bud, got to call you back. <laughs> and because it was the free call, like, hey, just call me right back. We'll, yeah, we'll catch yeah, right yeah. back up. And I was, yeah. it was a loophole, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, how are you saving? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that is, you know, obviously if you don't have the extra discretionary income, you can't buy your first investment property. Yep. So you got to get to the root 
of where you're saying. And I think that's one of the things I, I get really passionate about because I have been a good saver. I mean, yeah. my mother was very frugal over the years. I watched her be a penny pincher and yeah. you know, she probably hate me for saying that, but she, she was, sure. she saved and I valued the savings. Sure. I, I saw that from her. Yeah. Uh, my dad always was good with numbers, good bit, you know, so these are traits that I got from my parents on how to save and, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, so with that, you know, you save, save, save. At what point do you think you're ready to make? So they've saved, you know, I don't know. Like, are you saying like well, 5,000, right? 10,000? Like how much do you need? Well, if you go, if you thing? go to the, one of the first things we hit on this podcast was maybe the hack is it's your first house. You only yep. have to put down 5%. Some houses are still 100%, no money down. Okay. So is your credit, you know, credit, you know, guys, we can't stress credit enough on sure. how important protecting that credit is. But it, let's just say you do own your first house. So you, you didn't let your first house be a rental, which yep. I think is such a good hack is sure. to, to let your first house be the rental because it's fixed, right? Yeah. But um, you're in your first house and you you just can't afford to buy the investment property. So most banks want 20% down. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably not in this climate more in particular, you're probably not going to get away with anything less. Now, credit's good and you can find the right banks. It's, sometimes it's 15%, but you could have different, uh, not fixed rates, right? We could get into some commercial rates. It's maybe, you know, so some higher level stuff. Sure. And, you know, if it's your first couple, you probably shouldn't be doing these these mixed rates. That's right. Because that's when you talk about this economy goes up and your rates reset at yep. 9 and 10%. Yep. Uh-oh. Yeah. Can you afford that? <laughs> that's right. So that's why you stress those fixed good rates. But, you know, I would think the goal for most people, you know, I guess back in the day you could buy houses for 100000 Yeah. And that shows you another, uh, now it doesn't exist. You can't hardly buy a house for a hundred. That's right. So almost the new goal, it's, and it's hard. This is going to be hard for people. But I think the first goal was maybe 20,000 back yeah. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now it's probably closer to 40. Yeah. You know, because you're probably looking at a $200,000 asset. That's right. You can find $130,000 house, hundred four. It's just harder. Yeah. You have to be on your A game. Yeah. So after they've kind of like saved it up, uh, they go procure the loan, they get mm-hmm. the house. And then, you know, let's say that they go the route of the hack, right? They're, they're, they're planning on moving around and, and you know, moving treating, into it, yeah, yeah. having some roommates. Yeah. Okay. So, so having some roommates, their roommates actually cover the payment. Yeah. Can't beat it. I mean, what more could you, you know, the reason I love college investments yeah. uh, and we manage a ton of those is you charge by the bed, right? Mm-hmm. So a four bedroom, four bath rates are now, I'm going to probably, I mean, teach some of you guys this, uh, they're up to 500 bucks a month. Wow. Per bedroom. Per bedroom. Per bedroom. So when you say- In Statesboro, Georgia. In Statesboro, Georgia. Yeah. 500 bucks a bedroom. And so for the longest time, that rate was 350. Yeah. Now look at what inflation has done. For the longest time, every rental, you know, bedroom was a, was about a 350 bed. Yeah. You're slowly climbing. Slowly climbing. At within a period of how long? Uh, I think gradually. You know, we saw 375. We saw yep. 400. Um, you know, just here in the last three, four years, we saw a lot of 425s, 450s, mm-hmm. very easily 450s. Yep. And over this last, this last two years has been just unreal. Crazy. Unreal in appreciation and unreal where rents are rising rapidly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that's going to look like. You know, will we see an affordability crisis soon? Maybe. Mm-hmm. And relatively, Statesboro is still a very great place to invest. I mean, we have California uh, investors and New York investors that reach out. How did, how did you find us? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's affordability. Yeah. They can't buy something in California for 200 You, you Yeah, of course. California of course. ties. What stuff like that cost out there? Yeah, it's crazy. It's n- numbers yeah. are unreal. Like, right. Things that you haven't even seen before. In the, yeah. But Statesboro, because it's kind of like maybe a little bit insulated, right? The college, you know, is that driver. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's only growing. Uh, oh, man, I'm so Southern. proud of Statesboro. So proud of Statesboro. Let's talk about I that. I mean, let, let's the growth. Uh, 
I think when I went to school here, we started at fourteen thousand, and, mm. uh, and where do you think? Are we at like twenty eight to twenty thousand? But that includes Armstrong, right? Includes like, Armstrong. So that, that's kind of like a separate campus. That's right. uh, in Savannah. Uh, however, that does mean that the school is growing, They're establishing the brand. Yeah. Uh, I just couldn't be more excited about the things that Statesboro has coming. That's why, I, and the reason it excites me is it protects our investment and it protects our real estate here. Uh, brand new Publix grocery store, mm. very big development with with new places to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, New soccer stadium, wonderful de- development by uh, Darren Van Tassel and his group yep. is going to really drive uh, uh, commerce for a long time and that place to come. And you also have uh, a new indoor practice football facility and, yep. and a new basketball uh, convocation center. What is that? What like What's the basketball center? Uh, okay, so... Uh, I don't want to tell it wrong, but it's going to be over there um, near Lanier, near the football okay. stadium, Couch. kind of on the top of the bypass. And uh, let's see what it, I, I want to say. It's like a $50 million investment. It's going to have some classes. It's going to function as a concert venue. Mm. Uh, and it's going to be a beast for that area. Music is coming to Statesboro. That's it. And they're going with, even I, with the uh, soccer stadium. Yeah, I heard about well. that. Like, cause you know, open open air venue with like the weather that we've been having Perfect. recently. Wow, it's so going to be amazing. Statesboro is just, and you you know, you've been here and and in business in Statesboro, and it's it's going to continue to get back. I think the next decade of Statesboro is going to be a tremendous rise. You think so? Uh, absolutely. Uh, out of all these opportunities that are out there, uh, you know, Statesboro seems like it's on the up and up right now. It does. It, it's kind of like on its growth. And our region, I think the southeast region. Yeah. Even Savannah, right? Like Savannah has been tremendous. So even like uh, I've branched out a little bit, uh, got into the Airbnb market in downtown Savannah. And mm. some of that stuff has been really cool to to watch that grow. I mean, the, the tourists that come into Savannah is just absolutely crazy. Yeah. All over, all so, over the U.S. And they love it. They I, love Savannah. I love you bringing that in. So Airbnb, like that's something that, you know, uh, a lot of people have seen. There's right. a ton of investors out there that they purchase a property simply for to use as an Airbnb. Yes. Uh, thoughts on that? Like, is it the right move? Like, is that a more profitable move? Would you rather a long-term, like, you know? It's, it's just headache, right? Yeah. Risk reward is headache. It's, it's do you, do you want to, and the extra upfront costs, right? I mean, if, yeah. if money's already tight to furnish a whole entire place and that kind of stuff, that's another layer. Got you. Um, and you have more hassle. Um, it just depends. You go back to location being that paramount of why you buy real estate in Savannah. Oh my God. It yeah. is, it's just nuts. It's yeah, yeah. People travel from all over. So the returns, and it just depends. Or do you like the steady eddy and not have to deal with the interchanging That's right. wear and tear and that kind of stuff? Because you're going to have to send like cleaning crew, make sure it's exactly. cleaned every single time. You have reviews to deal with That's at that right. point. Oh yeah. Um, how about, so, you know, in terms of additional revenue that a property could generate if it was done in a location such as Savannah. What are you looking at in terms of kind of like that? Roughly? You know, and, and there and there's swings, right? Sure. So there's golly, there's dead months where, you know, nothing, nothing, right? Like, I mean, after Christmas, who's out, you know, they're just getting back in the swing of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody's, everybody's with their family and like they've the, all spent yeah. all their money on their children <laughs> and they're, you know, they're, they're done, you know? So, yeah, um, it is, you know, so you have to factor in the, the, the ups and downs, but you know, sometimes it can be, be an extra, you know, thousand to fifteen hundred dollars on top of whatever uh, their whatever the, your rate is or your you know your payment is. That's great. So they can be profitable, and also you know if you pick the right areas, appreciation sometimes you know in certain markets may hit a lot harder. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you had a Airbnb in San Francisco ten years ago, I mean, goodness, yeah, the rise of that would be fantastic. Yeah. So um, you know, you you go back to those those what are your payments? Yep. What's the location? And, you know, and, and if something happens, all right, so when the uh, corona hit, yep. Governor Kemp said, you can't rent it. 
yeah. you cannot rent it. So, yeah. you know, had to make the payments on that, yeah. you know? So these are things, can you stomach these, you know, and, and they're bound to happen. I've been ta- talking about how, you know, Statesboro has been really, all of our properties have been like 99% full at mm-hmm. PMG over the yep. course of, but, you know, can you stomach it if it if the market falls? That's right. That's right. But it, also with inflation, the way things are going, if you had locked in five, six, seven years ago, your payments are that much less, but the rates keep rising. Mm-hmm. So you have a great buffer. That's right. And that's right. so that's that's really good, too. I mean, the, the inflation thing, which we haven't talked about that. Yeah. That's something that makes real estate so good. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that now. Okay. Why does inflation make real estate a great investment? Okay. So I'm going to hit on two parts on this, and this is probably one of my favorite examples to give. Um, it's kind of let's, let's play into stocks versus real estate. Okay. I love that. I probably give this example like every day I'll ask like somebody that calls and says, let me run this by you. Yeah. So I'll ask you. Yeah. All right, um, Adam, you have $200,000 of cash. To okay. Invest. You've saved. You've done really good. Yeah. Um, and let's go to the stock market. Okay. In 15 years, what would you hope that that 200000 would be worth invested in the market in, in 15 years? In 15. Yeah, like just a ballpark number of what you hope that the 200000 would grow to in 15 years. I mean, I'm double, triple, right? Let's, okay. let's, 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 okay. let's so you, try to Let's go it. in between double and triple, okay. which would be what? Six? I yeah, mean, so, sure. so, somewhere in there. I mean, yeah, okay. 550, 520. A lot of people say 500. Okay. That's what a lot of people say. Yeah. Okay. So let's call it five. Okay. So in 15 years, you're, you're proud. You, you, you did good, right? Yeah. The stock, the stock's got your, your investments led you to 500. Does that, and of that 500, does it, does it kick you money? Do you, do you, or is it just kind of, you see it, you right? See it, you, you see it. You see it. You don't, you, it doesn't you, send you, you back. Can't, you can't, you can't, yeah, it you can't, bring you can't it. scoop it back out, <laughs> but it's pretty, right? Yeah. Like it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so now let's, let's flip that to real estate. Okay. If you have $200,000 and you want to, uh, and you want to invest in real estate, in theory, that 200 can leverage, which is such a big word in real estate is you're leveraging your money. And in theory, that 20%, because that's what banks, that's what we talked about, right? 20% down, Yeah. you could buy a million dollar asset, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, what is that worth in 15 years when you do my, when you do my method of mm. aggressive payoff? What do you have? You have a million dollars. You have a million dollars. And so it's, it, it, no, I give this example all the time and people are like, Whoa. yeah, it makes sense, right? Sure. And not to mention, let's add these two things on. Let's add, what if you bought 15 years ago in real estate with this inflation level and what we've seen? Where is that property? It, it's paid off to at least a million. Yeah. But wh- where but is it, it really? But it might be 1.5, yeah. 1.7. And then, so that inflation has helped you jump and make it worth more. And, the, and I think that rents on that asset are paying you monthly. Sure. And you're raising those rents. So at a minimum, you know, you would hope that that, million dollar asset would be bringing you maybe $10,000 a month, mm-hmm. you know, off the million dollar asset. That's the kind of the 10% rule you've, you've heard a lot before. So you have over a million, mm-hmm. you let that 200 do its thing. You got, and you paid off that asset slowly. I mean, 15 years is a long time, but it's not 30. Sure. Sure. What, so what are the risks in there? I mean, obviously there, there are risks. Of course. Yes. I mean, and this is why people get scared. Oh, yeah. Well, people will trash it, right? Sure. Well, there's a deposit. And yeah. I, I have, have I seen, you know, people say, well, they're going to try, your college kids are going to trash your property, sure. right? Well, yes, I've seen it. But yeah. you're talking about a 1% to 2% level. Mm. And even at the 1% to 2%, I, I don't know, the worst case I've ever seen is $10,000. And that's a lot, don't get me wrong, sure. but you're dealing with 1% to 2% that's right. chance. That's right. 
Um, so that's just why I just love, I love real estate as an investment mm -hmm. way more over to stocks. I just, and I'm sure some stock guy goes, this is why it's wrong. And you said, let, let's, what are some of your negatives besides the, the vacancy? Like what? Give me some negatives. I don't know. So, you know, one of the things that come to mind is what happens if the economy does tank, right? So yes. like, what does that look like? In 2008, like, you know, the property values, they actually took a down, like when they went down. Yes. But I mean, obviously that was caused by, you know, factors that were like all these loans that were trash loans. Yes. They kind of like that. Bad interest rates that. and couldn't, you know, the, maybe the payment spiked to where you couldn't afford the payment. And the government has since put in like, like banks to yes. make sure like the that banks, doesn't happen, like, the like banks, to protect it. Yeah. The yeah, banks yeah. are like, look, you got to have 20%, you know, they have these, you know, before it's free money, right? That's right. Candy, here you go. That's right. But for the foreseeable future, nothing like that will ever happen again. Right. But what happens like Corona, what did Corona do? So scary. I mean, like I remember when that, when the Corona hit, I was like, wait, nobody can go to work. Nobody <laughs> can leave their house. I was like, and you, you know me, I mean, yeah. positive Paul, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I love, I mean, I'm going to see the good and everything. I was like, and Lori was like, dude, she's like, you're not the same right now. I was like, <laughs> My brain can't function. If you're telling me that people can't work and yeah. can't leave their house, then we're headed for something bad. That's right. That's right. And, you know, and it, so even through that, though, people and the government did things, right? Like the government yeah. propped us up. And, and I don't know if we're going to pay for that, you know, down the road. Someone has to pay. For, I would yeah. argue the someone. Ta taxpayers. <laughs> us. <laughs> yes, okay. us. The hardworking business guys are going to be paying those that's taxes. Right. That's right. Um, But, you know, it's... Even through that. Even through that, we stayed rented. You yeah. know, we. I mean... You know, if there is a massive, if you lose your job and your tenant loses their job, you know, yeah, you're probably going to be in a hurt because you're not going to be able to afford the payment, right? Yeah. I mean, so there's always risk in life. Sure. And, but that goes back to what is it going to take for you to get off the hurdle? I mean, are you going to work to your 70 with never having an investment? Mm -hmm. you, I mean, to ne and, and everybody has, you know, whether that's a teacher's pension or whatever, which are, which are amazing, but, you know, can you scratch and save and, Maybe live less than your neighbors. Maybe mm -hmm. don't buy the brand new truck because you want to, to buy the room. I mean, you know, I, I have a nice truck now, but that was never, I never needed the nicest vehicle. Mm -hmm. I always felt like there were other things I'd like to, to put the money into. Mm -hmm. But then now, because you've done that, because you've done that for so long, you have the ability now to go get- To go the, afford, yep. right? Because That's you right. have extra cash flow and your investments have been fruitful and- um, you sacrifice early, early yeah. and often. Yeah. So I think we've laid down like a really nice kind yeah. of like base layer for anybody that's getting into investing. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit at, at this point in your career. I mean, you've done tons of these type of investments. I mean, when it comes to real estate investment, you are the go-to guy. What is on the horizon for you? Like, what is it that you're doing in your investing career at this point? Uh, I guess, you know, you're looking at other markets, yeah. uh, which has kind of been interesting for me um, is, is to look in other towns, yeah. you know, because I've, I've kind of got some stuff here in Statesboro that has been good and fruitful. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have got, you know, duplexes and commercial stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I've kind of been thinking about some storage stuff recently, which mm -hmm. could be a really big project coming. And, and that would be a very unique, you know, you, you learn the more you study. I, I love shout out to the bigger pockets podcast. I mm -hmm. think it's a really big motivator. I've, I've sent that to several people, se several of my friend group that are investors. They absolutely love that podcast. Yeah. It motivates you. It educates you. And, and I, I learned, you know, I, I think, yeah, I would say I'm an expert in 
investment, but I still learn stuff every day. Absolutely. And I, I love to learn. I'm a learner, yeah. as you are too. Absolutely. We love to talk about new stuff and, and you educate me on Bitcoin, which I still don't know what it is. <laughs> we'll get there. But we're gonna get NFTs there. is coming yes. and it's going to be good. Adam is the go-to <laughs> on Bitcoin and NFTs. Still don't know what it is, but we're going to work good. it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, so I'm, I'm being pointed into different directions, um, you know, to, to maybe be a kind of a capital fundraiser. Mm. Uh, I've got some things on my, you know, that I'm thinking about moving towards. You know, I'm very goal oriented and driven. And so, you know, these are things that, I, that I'm starting to kind of think about and dip my toes in the water with. I love that. Yeah. Paul, well, I wanted to thank you so much for coming to the You Know Adam Same podcast. Thank you to everybody that's been watching. Yeah, if you definitely. have any questions, how do they connect with you? Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Facebook is an easy one to find me. I yeah. like to motivate. I mean, like to motivate people on Facebook. It's yeah. just Paul Newman. Um, Instagram is Newman PR. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I just got on TikTok. Let's ha- go. I have not uh, made my first post. Actually, got a post. Yes, I'm gonna <laughs> post soon. Uh, Adam's trying to teach me on that. Shout out to his stuff because he's doing really good and he can help you on your marketing and uh and all the PR stuff. So Absolutely. It was a blast to be on this. I could keep going, but we're good. Yeah. So it's, it, we'll do it again soon. Cool, man. Well, thank you for coming to the show. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. Awesome.